All right. So I'm still recovering from coronavirus. But we venture forth nonetheless. Today, I thought we would discuss a new vision of strength. And this is something I've been thinking about recently. And I've thought up a few examples that I think we could discuss together to just help understand this idea of strength. A strength is an idea. Consider that for a moment. Strength is something that you can conceptualize and therefore actualize and realize for yourself on a deeper level. You have assumptions about strength. You have an idea about strength. And this is what we're going to look at. This is what we're going to put under the microscope today, right now. So imagine this. We have a pebble. And next to that, we have a slightly bigger pebble. And next to that, we have a rock. And next to that, we have a slightly bigger rock. And so on and so forth until we have this very big sort of boulder, right? So we've got this range of heavy rocks. Now, someone comes along and, well, they can pick up the pebble easily. And the next one quite easily. And the next one and the next one until eventually they find one that they can't pick up, right? Now, someone who's very physically strong, they're going to be able to pick up this big boulder, right? They're going to be able to pick up a larger size than some of the other people. Now, this essentially is our image of strength. This is basically the idea of what it means to be strong. How big a boulder can you pick up? Now, there's something wrong with this. There's something that turns this into a problem. And we find this when we translate this idea of strength into other levels or other sort of modes. And of course, on the physical level, right, if we're just talking about weightlifting, then who can pick up the big boulder is a good measure, right? And boulders are actually quite awkward shapes. So this is why we have weightlifting, which isn't in the shape of boulders, right? We have actually the gym gym gear that's set up for optimizing weightlifting. So at least on the physical level, well, that's an idea of strength, right? And there's even a few things in that, which is that some people can have this idea of their strength and they can walk up to the big boulder And it can be obvious to everyone else that there's no way they're going to pick up this boulder. And yet they're going to try really, really hard to pick it up. They're going to struggle and they're going to wince and they're just going to be like, trying to pick up this massive boulder. And it's so obvious it's never going to happen. And that's going to cause, of course, a lot of strain, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of struggle. So that's one thing that we need to consider. And really, the antidote to that or the the insight there to learn is that, well, you need to know your own strength. You need to know exactly how strong you are and what your capabilities are. Because then you won't struggle needlessly. 
And then also you won't underperform, right? Because the, the opposite is true. <laughs> Imagine the person that walks up to the little pebble and they go, oh, no, I, I couldn't pick that up. Oh, no, it's, it's way too much. Oh, that's over my level, right? Well, that's, that's almost just the same as the guy who's struggling to pick up the boulder. And that is why, well, a man that knows his own limits has none, as the old saying goes. Now, if we look at strength from this image of picking up boulders and we translate it into another way strength might be used, then we see that it's very different, right? And there's sort of so many examples, I don't know which one to begin with, but let's begin with emotion. Now, some emotions are just like these little pebbles. They're just sort of like, heh. Right? If someone tells you a joke, and it's sort of a cheesy slapstick sort of joke, you might laugh, but it's just a courtesy laugh, right? You're more laughing at the person who's being so silly for telling that sort of a joke. And you don't really have a big belly laugh, it's just like, ha 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 ha, right? That might be like a pebble kind of emotion. And then some emotions might be a little bit bigger, right? You might actually laugh, you might actually feel so funny might actually feel so happy when someone tells you a joke or someone comes along or something happens. And some emotions are very heavy. Some emotions are like big boulders. Take an emotion like grief. Take an emotion like existential angst. Take an emotion like heartbreak or betrayal. Take an emotion like jealousy. These are big feelings. These are big things that happen within us, right? They're like giant boulders. Now, the same thing applies for emotions as to the bodybuilders picking up boulders. Some people just can't lift certain emotions. It means they just don't feel them, right? (laughs) They don't have them. They don't take them on. And this is actually a very nice reframing of some of these heavier emotions, these times in life that are difficult to get through. Because if you're feeling it, It means you have the strength to get through it, right? Just the fact alone that you have that emotion proves that you have the strength. Because if you didn't have the strength, you'd just just be like, eh, right? You just wouldn't, you wouldn't have that. Like imagine the person walking past the boulder and they just go, ah, I'm not going to pick it up. Some people do that with grief. Some people do that with heartbreak, right? Some people have never had their heart broken. And that's just like saying, well, you've never lifted a boulder. (laughs) You don't have the strength for it. And you notice that here, with emotions, 
It's very different in the quality of what it means to be strong. Because if you're strong physically, then you can strain and you can exert yourself. Whereas with emotion, you experience deeply, you feel deeply, you express yourself. Which is not necessarily a strain. It's not necessarily exerting yourself. That being said, (laughs) perhaps somewhat ironically, expression does often involve strain. It does involve exerting yourself. And in fact, that's one of the things that comes from becoming stronger, which is sort of a, a second level to this conversation that we can talk about. How do you become strong? But just to stick with the vision of strength, you can see that these levels of emotions depend on your own ability. Now, let's take another example. What about a voice? Do you have a strong voice? What does it mean to have a strong voice? Now, you notice that having a strong voice doesn't necessarily mean that you are very loud and really sure of what you're saying and really exerting yourself. Right? Like right now, I'm really sort of putting it on. I'm just sort of trying to do what I'm saying. But that doesn't necessarily mean strong because people can do that, right? You can have that outward sort of, yes, I'm, I know I'm right. This is the truth and I'm really putting it on you, right? And everyone's standing around and saying to themselves, you got no idea what you're talking about. You obviously don't even believe a word of what you're saying and you don't even know it, right? You've got a weak voice. And yet it's possible to have a voice where You talk very softly, you talk very quietly, and you don't exert yourself, and you don't assert yourself, or any of that. There's no heavy pushing. Nothing like that. It's it's like a whisper, and yet that voice is so strong because it has the weight of truth behind it. That voice is so powerful. It's just like every word is just a punch in the face because it hits to your core. It resonates with beauty, with truth. Another sort of correlation to this is just the voice of singing, right? So we've sort of made this picture here about the voice of talking, but there's also the voice of singing, right? Now, if you're a singer and you really sing loud and it's this big projecting voice. Well, that's powerful. That's good. That is a strong voice. But there's also strength in the singer who does something very soft and very tender, right? So this image of being strong (laughs) with your voice is very different once you actually put it into a different level. Let's take another example. What about existential realization? Realizing your existential nature, realizing that you are in this massive cosmos, that you are on this planet, which is floating around the sun, 
And this sun is one of billions and billions and billions and trillions of this galaxy. And there are multiple galaxies, right? We could go on all day trying to <laughs> trying to illustrate the magnitude. But that strength of realization has degrees to it in the same way that the bodybuilder can pick up a pebble or a stone or a rock or something bigger or a boulder. There are heavyweight lifters in the world of existential realization. There is the bodybuilder equivalent. And you would say, man, that guy's really strong. That guy's really heavy. And it can be that guy or that girl. And you see immediately with existential realization that exerting force is not going to get you there. In the case of the voice, it might. (laughs) In the case of emotions, it might. But you can't force yourself to have an existential realization. You can't force yourself to have a deeper experience of the stars. The way to do that is to actually be open. It's actually to let go. It's to let go of your life. It's to let go of your petty desires, your ambitions, your goals, your plans, your ideas of who you are, right? It's letting go. And that is a strength in existential realization. Letting go is the equivalent of the bodybuilder doing reps with their biceps or doing the bench press, right? Every time the bodybuilder does one rep on the bench press, well, the existential realizationalist <laughs> lets go of one idea about themselves or even the world, right? And the the bigger the let go the bigger the rep, right? What What is the biggest thing that you can let go of? Is, is it your whole life? Is it the universe itself? What happens when you let go of the stars? What happens when you let go of existence? Here's another level to this. I mean, there's still there's still so many ways in which I mean, once once you realize that strength can be applied to anything, you realize that you can put it into any level, right? And you can f- discover for yourself what the parameters are. But here's another one. What about what about personal circumstance or life conditions. How do you be strong 
within your life conditions. Another way of looking at this is strong in the face of adversity. What about when you're sick? Right? What about when you are in bed and you've got a sore throat, you've got a headache and you can't move and your immediate life conditions are really rotten and you really feel bad physically? What does strength look like in that situation? Because, of course, you realize <laughs> strength does not mean you roll out of bed and you start doing push-ups. <laughs> right? It, it's so funny. It's so funny to think like that, but it, it's, it's actually how people think. Right? That's, that's how people operate. That's how people actually respond to hardship. They say, oh, I need to be strong, so I need to clench. I need to exert. I need to put out energy. Whereas really, when you're in bed and you're sick, that's an incredible opportunity to get in touch with your awareness. Because your awareness is going to differentiate Well, where is the pain? What is it that's having the pain? Where is there not pain? How is this situation needing to become more complex and more alive? And through that process, through the coming into awareness, there is such magic. There is such intricacy, such detail. Such beauty. There's almost there's almost ecstasy. And that's so different to the idea of sickness that we normally have, right? Sickness is just being rotten. When really in sickness there there's an opportunity for ecstasy. And I had experiences like that. I'm I'm almost I'm almost grateful for having had the time to have coronavirus and to actually have that as a reset and actually to have that as something to force me to come back to my awareness. It's left me no excuse but to step into a higher consciousness. And Well, sickness goes a long way, right? Because you can say, okay, well, you've got a cold, you've got a sniff, so be strong and just get on with it, right? So that's one way of being strong. But then there's also sickness like, well, you've got terminal cancer, right? What does strength mean when you have terminal cancer? To be strong in the face of your own death and death by a terrible disease. A disease that can affect your body in so many different ways depending on what kind of cancer it is. 
And someone who's really strong in the face of cancer, well, they maintain their awareness despite horrific pain, despite horrific things going wrong with their physical body. And that's when you look at, I mean, this is so beautiful when you see this. It it almost brings a tear to my eye just thinking about it, right? When you see someone and they are strong in the face of cancer, it is so beautiful. And you know it unlike anything else, right? It's a kind of strength that you, you just can't put into words, but you admire the absolute hell out of. And of course, <laughs> that person can't do 10 push-ups, right? That person probably couldn't even lift the pebble at this stage. And yet they're so strong. They're so strong. You can sense their strength. You can sense their immense power. Now, let's look at one more example. And this one's a bit tricky to go into. So, we'll see how how it comes out. What does it mean to be strong over other people? Because just like we have bodybuilders who pick up boulders in competitions for their physical strength... We also have competitions of, like, wrestling, right? It's like a boxing match or a wrestling match. We also have certain contact sports, which have elements of that as well, right? So what's going on there is, like, a strength over someone else. And this doesn't even just happen physically. In the boxing ring. This also happens socially, right? There's a social so-called hierarchy. It also happens with employers and employees, right? Who's the boss? I have a power over you because I pay you, right? There's a dynamic going on there. Now, what does it mean to really be strong? Who is the strong person in that situation? And I'll tell you what the deepest strength is. The most powerful power is. And that is the ability to let people be free. There's nothing more powerful than that. When you really encounter this, it's astronomical. And we get it backwards, right? We get this so backwards. We're walking around relating to each other as if we need to basically beat each other. We're just like the bodybuilder trying to pick up the boulder, right? Exerting strength. Manipulating. Being forceful. Setting up rules. Setting up punishments. And this is just so destructive. 
and it's one of the splinters in the human condition. It's one of the things we all need to figure out together. And really, if your employer was truly free, they wouldn't have to employ you. Right? Because there's a monetary power there. There's a kind of exerting of power through money and an exchange of services. And if they really could just let you be free and let all people be free, they wouldn't have to employ anyone. Now, we do need to be sort of careful with this because I don't want to paint this picture of, oh, well, all capitalism is bad and all employment is bad. Not, not at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm speaking only in a broad sense, only in an absolutist sort of sense. Of course, there are many great things with employment and collaboration and working together and group achievement, right? That's all very important for the human race. (laughs) It's sort of funny that it's called the human race. But to really let someone be what they want to be and what they need to be, what they feel to be, that is the greatest power over other people. And there are a million reasons why we don't do this, right? It's because we have our needs of our own. It's because we want some attention. We want some care. We want some love. We want someone to be interested in us. We want someone to validate our work, our ideas, our feelings, our actions, our lifestyle. We want to be unique. We want to be interesting. And that list goes on and on and on about all the things we need but don't have and have to get from someone else. And of course I say, well, you have to get them from someone else. But that's that's an assumption unto itself. <laughs> Therein lies the exact game. That is a that is a sort of tricky little paradox which gets to exactly the point, which is how strong are you? How strong are you with not having your needs met? How strong are you with not having the relationships that you want? And that really is a kind of strength that, well, there's no easy answer to. I don't mean to simplify it. I don't mean to make it any less than it needs to be. So those are some thoughts about strength. And there's a lot of different areas in life in which strength applies. Really, it's one of the virtues. What does it mean to be strong? What does it mean to be strong in this situation? And just remember, it doesn't always mean flexing. 
It doesn't mean being loud. It doesn't mean forcing something. Sometimes it means being open. Sometimes it means being sensitive. Sometimes it means being intelligent, right? What happens when the guy comes along with a forklift and picks up the massive boulder, right? Is that strength or is that intelligence? And is there strength in intelligence? So (laughs) those are some thoughts. Thanks very much for tuning in and we'll be back soon with more.